Welcome to another edition of Meet the Metapreneur. My name is Sharad Agarwal. I'm the Chief Metaverse Officer of Cybergear, a Web3 agency based right here in Dubai. I have with me a neuroscientist, believe it or not, for the first time on the show, and her name is Diana Decker. She's a friend of mine. I've met her a couple of times in Dubai, and I'm happy to have her on our show. Welcome to the show, Diana. Thank you for inviting me, Sharon. Yes, when I you know, met you first time just a couple of weeks back, I loved the business that you are building. And in my mind, I had thought that one day uh, we will have you on our show. I didn't realize it would be so quickly, but of course, it's amazing that you are here with us today. Uh, Diana, can you please introduce yourself to our audience, please? Of course. So hello, everyone. My name is Diana. I am the CEO of Neobotics, uh, which is a US-based company. We have an HQ in Dubai. Uh, I am a neurobiologist, as Sharad said very kindly. Um, I did my PhD in neurobiology at the Max Planck Institute for Neurobiology in Munich. Um, I then, not to bore you too much, did my postdoc with the two Nobel laureates that discovered the spatial navigation system in the brain, one of the biggest discoveries uh, about the brain. Um, and I, learning from how the brain maps space, um, I decided that I would like to see that knowledge embedded into different systems, from robotic systems to AI systems. Um, and robotics, we're actually focusing now on air taxis or EVTOLs, um, and we're trying to bring them to market faster. So fingers crossed, within two years or so, we will all be taking flying cars. We will be able to connect with a cognitive metaverse, since this is the topic of the day, um, directly with our brain. Now, that's not going to happen in two years. It will happen in 10 years, maybe longer. But it's definitely worth uh, being excited about it, I think, maybe on bike. Um, uh, great. Uh, so, Diana, talk to us a little bit about... Uh, your organization, Neurobotics, in terms of the journey thus far. When did this idea first come to you? How long did it take you to implement this? And where are you at today in this journey? Yeah, um, well, I, I will have to go a little bit into the topic of, of my research and why I think it's interesting. Um, so in my PhD, I was actually working with mice, like the, the rodents, uh, and I was training them. I built a little VR arena for them in which they were running on a ball. And then in front of them, they had this huge VR screen, right? So we were using electrodes that were implanted in deep in the brain, in the motor cortex, to see essentially whether we can convince the brain that the VR is real. Now, this was long before the metaverse and the Facebook craze and before any, any such wording was used. Um, so what was cool about these, these neurons is that they create a sort of a metric for space without really processing a lot of information. That's why our brains are so energy efficient. Like we're looking at each other now, we're not processing each other's Zoom backgrounds, right? We're, we're maybe looking at some, some features as we're talking, as they are connected with what I'm saying. Now, going back to the brain's spatial navigation system. I started to wonder what if we can better understand how it forms this metric of space, how, how we get an idea of, of how we map space in our brains, in the mouse brain, what if we can emulate that into other systems, right? And if we could, what if we can 
upgrade that and better understand, you know, space as we know it. What if we can access multiple dimensions? And I know that the background is perfect for this kind of discussion. Uh, we can geek out on this for as long as you like. But yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm really happy that now with neurobotics, with what we're building, which is, I think, truly a cognitive metaverse, um, that we got funding from Boeing and we got um, support and funding from all these big corporations. That means a lot to me. It means that this knowledge is not going to die together with the five people that actually know about it. It, it will pervade through, through industry. So fingers crossed. Uh, amazing. Uh, so uh, these days, there's so much talk of artificial intelligence. And I think, uh, you know, um, software like chat, GPT, et cetera, are pretty much front and center. And you've been in the AI space much before, you know, these conversations have started. So I do know that you have coined two phrases, right, in this field. One is artificial general intelligence and the other is whole brain emulation. I'm curious to know what these mean and if you can put some context on this, please. Yeah, happy to. Um, so HAI stands for artificial general intelligence. It means that intelligence can be reconstructed in other places, that it can be emulated, a bit like you would emulate a piece of code from MATLAB to a piece of code from Python, different types of code, but same function, right? So keeping the, fun the brain function onto two, like for several different substrates. So that's artificial general intelligence. So that's something that we would like to achieve. I don't think that chat GPT is there. I think there's a lot of work to be done and a lot of understanding that needs to happen about ourselves first. So which brings me to the whole brain emulation point. Um, so I mentioned emulation, obviously it's the idea that you can emulate a brain function and put it into uh, a piece of, uh, or, or an algorithm. Um, so this has quite some history. I think the first, uh, the first writing about whole brain emulation and artificial general intelligence happened around 10, 15 years ago at this meeting in Oxford. Um, I would say maybe Ben Gertzel is, is one of the creators and he also built the robot Sophia um, and a few other futurist professors from Oxford. Now, at the time, all of this happened in the philosophy department, which is very interesting because in time, we have been revisiting these concepts. But this time, I've seen it over the, the last 10 years with actual research in, in university labs, and then later on with actual companies that are getting closer and closer to achieving AGI. Probably DeepMind was one of them. Um, but the, the fact itself that there is so much progress in this field is is a very good thing, obviously. Um, yeah, at some point I, I will stop uh, talking so much about philosophy and boring stuff, and we're probably going to start talking about business. But yeah, um, again, I find this stuff fascinating. If anyone wants to geek out on this, you're very welcome to contact me. But yeah, yeah, and uh, how sh how can people, you know, across the globe uh, get involved in what you are doing? Um. Hmm. Well, there is there is quite a bit of work to like understanding that in full, but there are definitely a few resources that we put together. In fact, if, if you go to our website, neurobotics.ai, there's a part there called technology, and it's starting to explain in detail what is neuromorphic computing, what is whole brain emulation, 
what is AI, what are neural networks, and then just going deeper and deeper. Um, and we'll, we'll find a way to make it as a kind of a rabbit hole so that people that really want to get into this, you know, for a few weeks can, can do so. Uh, great. So people uh, you recommend should visit your website, which is neurobotics.ai. And perhaps mm -hmm. they can connect with you on LinkedIn as well, where I know you're putting out good content. And uh, if you close your eyes and fast forward to five years, 2028, where are you? What are you seeing? Yeah, so, well, I see flying cars, first of all. <laughs> That's the first milestone that we want to achieve. Uh, Dubai is great in that way because it's one of the first city to buy air taxis around the Palm, uh, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, I think it will make a big difference in our lives, considering even, you know, ambulance and police cars, if they're vertically taking off and landing, as opposed to getting stuck in traffic jams, that's already a big, big change for us. So essentially, to, to go back to what we built in Metapilot, we built a game, which is called Metapilot, where in a copy of New York, you're flying these flying car models around. So you're picking up an avatar myself from skyscrapers, and then you're putting me down to wherever I need to be, and then you kind of repeat that process. Um, the cool thing about this is you get to test air taxi models that are experimental now, but will be on the market in two to three years, um, which I think is very cool. For example, if you like race cars, you're going to love this. Um, the cool thing about the game is it generates synthetic data, which is actually bought and used by these air taxi companies to go faster to market. So for example, we plan to make a copy of Dubai as well, and then see and simulate a lot of things before they happen. For example, we can simulate a sandstorm in Dubai or a storm or an incoming falcon or whatever things you can imagine that you would prefer would happen to you. Um, and then that data is then processed by our machine learning algorithm, which brings me back to AI and spatial computing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure uh, our audience will find this fascinating. And finally, before I let you go, Diana, uh, you've been an entrepreneur for some time now. Um, what would be your advice to budding, uh, you know, people who are getting into the Web3 space for the first time? Uh, just top of your head, one or two pieces of advice you'd like to share with uh, the Gen Z, especially who are very, uh, you know, excited to venture into metaverse. Right. Um, well, I, from my experience, and this has been the way I did things, I see a lot of value in getting some kind of formal training because that will be a value add that other people do not have. There are already so many people in this field. So that doesn't have to be a very expensive master's or PhD degree. It can also be um, a degree from Udemy or an online course. The point is, you should never stop learning. There are so many fascinating things happening. Uh, Metaverse is undefined, so there are so many approaches to it. Um, already, if you have that knowledge, you, you have a huge advantage. Um, the second thing that for us was really important, maybe it took us even two years to fully understand, was that in this industry, we really needed to find our niche, which was a very specific niche. It's for air taxis that want to be simulated. And we would not have had this idea if we didn't go through a lot of painful processes discussing with clients like Boeing and many others 
who very openly told us what is important to them and also what is not, because some things were maybe interesting to me, but they were not interesting for them, at least not in the long run. So finding your niche. And then third, once you have the knowledge and the niche, creating key partnerships with the key decision makers within that niche. Uh, when we started to, to be part of the regulatory groups that write the laws for air taxi flight, this is when we were able to add value as we would to, to our clients. So can you offer your clients something that they cannot find anywhere else um, at a better, better price than if they did it themselves? That's in the end what it boils down to. Uh, a bit of a painful process, not easy on everyone's ego, definitely not on mine and our teams, but I feel like we've become much much stronger um, after this and it's, it's humbling. No, absolutely. Thanks for sharing uh, that advice. And uh, Diana, I wish you all success in your future endeavors. I'll be, uh, you know, keeping track of uh, all your milestones on your way to uh, more success in time to come. And yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing you on the other side and uh, want to, uh, you know, you've given us a lot of takeaways and I'm sure you will be hearing from our audience in the coming days on social media and on, uh, you know, various communities that I'm part of. So yes, thanks a lot for being on our show today and wishing you all the best. Thank you very much, Sharad. It was a pleasure. Likewise, bye.